This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. And a good Saturday afternoon, wherever you're checking us out. All over the place on the BetQL Network with our producer, Jake Noaker. And of course, my co-host, Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And uh, we got a couple of guests lined up for you. Coming up in a little while, you're not going to want to go anywhere. Because we've got the pound-for-pound king. That's right. The number one pound-for-pound UFC fighter in the world. He is Alexander Volkanovsky. He joins Tapped Out coming up in a little bit. Before that, let me bring in my co-host, Brendan Tobin. BT, we got big news this week, man. So last week, we thought the ultimate fighter was going to be Conor McGregor and Tony Ferguson. And then I came on here and crapped all over it, and I said, Tony Ferguson's done, and he doesn't have a jaw, and he's 70 years old. And I don't know if they're listening, but scrap that. And now we've got Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. I don't know, man. This, this looks a lot better to me. Yeah, it feels like a much more competitive fight for sure. Um, it, you know, Michael Chandler is going to promote the hell out of it. Uh, feels like it's going to be a fun fight lead up. Two guys there on the Ultimate Fighter. Like I said, feels like it's going to put a uh, jolt to the uh, the brand system of the Ultimate Fighter. So whenever we end up getting it, if it's you know going to be in the fall, if this thing wraps up in August, uh, who you know can't wait for it. It's a it's a it's a nice fight return. Still feels like a winnable fight for Connor. Um, you know, this, this has a much better recipe than the Tony Ferguson fight. I feel like he'll get a lot more credit if he wins the fight too. That's the thing right now for the gambling crowd out there, checking us out on the BetQL network, that fight's essentially a pick em. And we were talking about before the show, you got to pay that Conor McGregor tax. So by the time that fight actually goes off, you have to imagine that he's going to be favored. You talk about a fight that could win. What are your early thoughts? Is that a fight that he will win against Michael Chandler? I definitely think it's possible. It, the, the big wild card here is you're what is Conor going to be like? You're sitting the fence. You think it's possible it's a fight that he could win? Is he going to win the well, fight? All right. Well, calm down. I was going to explain no, why it's a wild I card. I mean, Does like, you know, it's uh, Yeah, I'll say he wins the fight. There there you go. I, I predict Conor's going to win. But I honestly don't know because I don't have any idea how he's going to look physically uh, in the lead up to this thing because he's coming off a very devastating injury. Um, so that's, that's a wild card to this whole thing is what is he going to look like coming back from that, that, that devastating leg injury. That's not an injury. People have come back and looked the same. Anderson Silva didn't look the same. Chris Wyman's still on the way back. Um, you know, a guy like, you know, who I'm close to Tyrone Spong, you know, didn't go back to kickboxing after that. It's, it's a brutal injury to suffer and try and come back from. So I think that this is a winnable fight for Connor. Cause you know, Michael has shown the propensity, like he's got, you know, you can knock Michael Chandler out if he if he can show some of that throwback power. The only thing is Connor's just a little less special 
the bigger the weight class is. And I think that he's excited to probably have this at a bigger weight class, but I don't necessarily know if that's better for him. From a Chandler perspective, I was thinking about it. This is your chance to really stamp your UFC career because while he's had some really impressive wins, i.e. that Tony Ferguson kicked to the face and some really exciting fights, when you really break it down, I mean, he's beating guys like Dan Hooker and Tony Ferguson and not exactly the, the who's who currently. So if Connor comes back, and funny, BT, you said you didn't know what he was going to look like because of the injury. I thought you meant because of all the weight gains and because of whatever he's done since he's been out of the USADA pool. So we got to deal with that also, which makes me lean a little bit towards Michael Chandler. I can tell you this much. That fight's not getting in deep water. Like, I would be I would be very surprised if that fight gets past the second round. And frankly, the truth is, bro, if it does, neither one of these guys are really that good after the second round. They, they both tire out pretty quick. Um, I honestly think that if Connor doesn't get him out early, that's probably going to spell trouble for him. I feel like Michael can handle the five-round fight a little bit better. Um, he's just got more ways and tools. We saw that in the Dustin Poirier fight. Like, you know, he was able to try and flip some of that on his head. Now, Poirier is a beast, and, you know, you can't get him, you know, onto the ground and not deal with those dangers. You're not really going to face that with Conor McGregor. Um, but we've also seen in other Chandler fights, like if you can hit him sweet and hit him flush, even in Bellator, like that'll put him out and, and you can get yourself a win. So I, I think it's a, I think there's that, that window there for Connor, but there's also that element of danger because Michael Chandler's a good wrestler, um, definitely well-rounded, but as you said, it hasn't been like the most pristine UFC run. He's been in some exciting fights. Michael Chandler's yet to be in an uninteresting fight in the UFC. But it, it's not like he's got this, you know, clean record since m making the move on over here. But he's certainly garnered a lot of fanfare. And great afterwards on the microphone. I mean, that call out of Conor McGregor when he did that. He took that big, deep breath and he said, Conor McGregor, you got to come back and fight somebody. And now we know that that somebody is him. And so sorry for Tony Ferguson. You don't get a huge payday. In the case of Michael Chandler, congratulations. You're about to get the bag. And congratulations to fight fans because we're about to see the great Conor McGregor come back. All right. Also, congratulations are in order to you, Brendan, because you've been asking for the yeah, UFC to come back to Miami, buddy. bro. Like every single show, you tell us a couple of things. You tell us that you were there when Usman knocked out Masvidal, and then you're like, they haven't had a, an event in Miami in forever. Well, you get your event back in Miami, and and here's the icing on the cake. You get to see Masvidal again taking on one Gilbert Burns. So first of all, bro, it's back, man. What the hell took so long? This uh, this market got blackballed a long time ago, man. You know, there was a card in uh, where the Panthers play off in Sawgrass that had Mighty Mouse. I think he was taking on Brad Pickett at the time, if I remember, and just nobody showed up. Uh, it got this market blacklisted. They came back a few years, I think in 2019, before the pandemic, and they did a Jacare Souza versus Joker card. It was supposed to be El Romero. That was much better, and, and it had the turnout. And this place has just become even more of a hotbed for training, and people are crazy about the sport down here. And, you know, part of the thing with the pandemic is it really opened up Dana's eyes to Florida because, uh, you know, the, the the thirst was here. A lot of Masvidal fans took the trip up to Jacksonville when he did go to that card. And it just think it took, uh, you know, some swaying with the people at the heat. They had to make sure that it lined up with the building right because that's really the only arena – we have down here in Dade County and you know, finally it's here, you know, the heat wanted it to happen. The, the people who run that building wanted it to happen. And I think that, you know, this, uh, this lines up perfectly because they have the guy here in Mosfeet all, they have the championship fight and 
Izzy versus Pereira. So you're going to have, uh, you know, all those Miami fans. You're going to have a lot of Brazilians down here. It feels impossible. That's not going to be an electric atmosphere. Um, perfect card to, to bring it back to, uh, to Dade County for the first time in 20 years. Here's what the odds look like for both those fights. BT was just referencing Jorge Masvidal right now, plus 375. Gilbert Burns on the comeback. Big favorite at minus 325. And then that Izzy Alex Perea fight. I can't believe that Izzy right now is favored to win that fight. How many different times do we need to see these guys fight? How many different sports? And how many times does this dude need to get knocked out where it's like, I think Perea just has Izzy's number. We'll get to that fight in just a second. First, let's talk about your boy Masvidal. I know Gilbert Burns, also Miami guy, noted Miami Dolphins fan. I just, look, man, styles make fights. And I'm I'm not saying Masvidal's done. I also don't think he's as good as he was a few years ago. I, I know he's your dude, but this is not a good matchup for him. Gilbert Burns is not a good matchup for anybody, but I just, I see him getting choked out, actually. Second or third round. I think he hangs around for a while because he is Jorge Masvidal. But ultimately, man, I, I think Gilbert does what he did last time out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, look, I get why that could be a tough stylistic matchup. Certainly, we've seen Jorge go up against a couple of grapplers, and it hasn't gone well for him. He's a much different style than taking on a Colby Covington who's just going to try and exhaust him and keep taking him up and putting him down and keep – like, Gilbert is a guy who will stand and bang. I don't think he's going to purely just go in there like a Damian Maya and try and backpack uh, Jorge Masvidal. So I do think there – I do think George is going to have his opportunities in this fight. and. I think that while Gilbert is dangerous, he's also not a perfect fighter. He's, you know, it's tough because all these guys have been in the shark tank that is 170. You know, the top of that division is really, really good. Gilbert's been in there with Usman and Hamzad, just like George has been in there. And, and yes, they're clearly not the best guys in the division, but they're losing to the very best. And it's, you think that if things could break the right way, maybe one of them, could make a title run. It's a very important fight for both of them because yeah. it feels very much that if George loses this fight, then maybe his headlining days are are numbered. And then it feels like for Gilbert, if he doesn't win this one, he's going to maybe have to reconfigure, go to a new weight class because he's going to have to go up the, uh, against the ladder. So it's a very important crossroads fight for both of these guys. And I think that George is being disrespected a little bit by the odds makers. I don't think he's that much of an underdog to Gilbert Burns. Um, I think people are overestimating Gilbert's win against Neil Magny a little bit. Uh, and I say that as somebody who is a huge, huge fan of the guy, but I, I do think this fight is a lot closer than the odds are making it out to be. Who do you think needs to win more? Because lots of big names are coming back. We've gotten a lot of announcements here the last couple of weeks. I'm talking about Masvidal. I'm talking about Connor. I'm talking about John Jones. It's cool if they come back and fight. I know that we think that John's probably going to go out there and get a win. Ultimately, I think the odds, that's what they're going to end up telling us. Connor and Masvidal, I don't really know. We'll see how they look come fight night. Which one of those guys do you think it's most important? Not only do they get back in the octagon, but actually win their fight. Uh, I would say the it's more on the line for George. I mean, you're talking about a hometown fight. There's, we've seen that with Derek Lewis, who's going to be fighting tonight. That's a lot of pressure on a guy that some guys don't handle well. And he knows that he carries a lot of pressure of being you know, the Miami representation on the card. Uh, he's in the midst of a losing streak. I don't think there's really any pressure on Connor because you know Connor's been losing a lot and people are still excited when he comes back like they'll if he wants if an Nate Diaz fight is down the line people will still be pumped up for it he's just kind of made it like that and I don't necessarily know if championships are the goal for him anymore um but for George yeah like this is probably your last crack if you don't beat Gilbert Burns 
I don't know if there's any chance that he gets back to that. If he beats Gilbert Burns and Leon Edwards ends up defending the title, you're talking about that's probably going to be the championship fight, you know, later on in the year. I mean, I know people will get mad at that because, you know, people will think, oh, can't believe Hori is getting fast-tracked again, but it's got a natural storyline. Those guys hate each other. It's going to do big business, which I made my point a month ago about Hori Masvidal. He is very popular, and so, yeah, if he wins this fight against Gilbert, I could see him being fast-tracked if, if Leon holds on to that belt. Dude, can you imagine at the end of the year if Masvidal has that belt wrapped around his waist and that BMF belt wrapped around his shoulder? So why not the same thing for Conor McGregor? I mean, do you think if Conor goes out there and beats Chandler, his next fight's for the belt? Oh, I definitely could see that for sure. It, he doesn't it, – it's not going to take much. Any, any, and, that, and that's why I think it's better that they do this against Michael than it is against Tony. Now, I don't know if beating a Michael Chandler should get you right to the title, but I think because it's Conor – the uh the argument is much better like the 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 special treatment's gonna be there everybody's gonna kind of understand it like michael's dangerous enough he's been right there with the top guys in the division even though he's lost um i think people will be more okay with it than if Connor were to go be tony and then get fast tracked now the question is like is you know is this a welterweight is this a lightweight like i guess we don't quite know all those details yet but um you know they seem to be teasing that this was going to be at welterweight could connor fast track to a 170 title i think that's asking a lot if, if all this was to fall into place for the UFC, Connor would be champion by the end of the year. John would be champion by the end of the year. Masvidal would get that fight against Leon that you were talking about. Sean O'Malley would end up being the champion. Let's talk about Sean for a second before we talk about the Perea fight. The Sugar Show gets a new eight-fight deal. This feels very well-earned. You know, like sometimes it feels like guys get these deals and maybe they're, you know, it's for what they've already done opposed to what they're going to do type thing. But for Sean O'Malley, it feels like the best is, is definitely in front of us. Yeah, I mean, look, he's one of the things that you got to give Sean credit for is that he is taking a very boxing-like approach. You know, he's slow-rolled his career a little bit. He took a big swing against Piotr Jan and, and got his hand raised. So he is right there in line for the title shots, the big fights, headlining. I think that's kind of the next step for him, right? Like when he gets upset because, you know, he doesn't – you don't crown him the most popular guy – in the weight class, well, now is his opportunity to get that ball and run. Like, you're going to have the chance to go and headline pay-per-views and be the champion and be the face of the organization. He's been kind of on the fringe, and yeah, I, I don't disagree that he's got that all in his hands, but now you got to go win your title fights, and you got to go headline, you got to be able to carry the promotion a little bit, not just be kind of that nice accessory piece, which he has been so far in his career. All right, BT, sometimes when you got two guys that are really even, you just look at the odds, right? The even odds. And you go, I'll take the guy that has the better odds. I don't understand how Israel Adesanya is a favorite against Alex Perea. We've seen these guys fight twice in kickboxing, once in the octagon. It was just a couple of months ago. And it's not like Izzy's a slight favorite at 105. He's a minus 150. I think I have $73.48 in my bank account right now. And I'm going to empty it out during this commercial break and put it all on Alex Perea at plus 130. Tell me what I'm missing here. Uh, well, first of all, yeah, I think you should because it feels like that as the fight gets closer, I think more people are going to agree with you. I think that they would say this guy's got his number. Why wouldn't I put my money on him as it's going on? I, I can't imagine that is he's going to become more of a favorite as the fight draws closer. There's no way. I, I don't know. I, I I would say that you look. You got to respect his long reign as middleweight champion of the world. He was winning that fight before he got caught, and you know that's probably the explanation of it it's respect to his longevity and 
how good he's been at middleweight. That's probably why he's still the favorite, but I get it, you know, with the, with the storyline of the, of the past of it, losing in kickboxing and now in mixed martial arts, um, feels like if you believe in Bejeda to do it again, you should run fast and do it now because I can't imagine as the fight draws closer that those odds are going to get better for him. Israel Adesanya right now, number five in the pound for pound rankings. Perea is number six. I got number one. That's right. Alex Volkanovsky coming up here in a little while. But before that, a lot of other fights to talk about and we'll break them down next. We'll tell you how to make some money. You're locked into the BetQL Network.